This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If you've seen HDTV, you definitely want HDTV. But will a large new flat screen television fit into the footprint your old tube occupies? And how will that high def change the way you light the room? Read our easy tips to design a media room when you hit moneypit.com. Just click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money Floorboard the shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Call us with your home improvement question. We're like your handy neighbor who knows everything about home repair, <laughs> except we know more than to loan you our power tools because we won't get them back. But we will loan you our advice because that's free. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call us right now at 888-MONEYPIT. Yeah, but Tom, we've got power tools to spare. Plus, we've got the knowledge on how to use them. And we've got the knowledge on how to do a lot of things. You know, for example, carpeting, dirty carpets. We know how to fix that. That's right. If your carpets are looking dingy and dirty, you want to stay tuned this hour because you could be cutting the life of your carpeting short. We're going to give you tips to extend their life and make sure it lasts as long as possible because carpeting is expensive. Speaking of flooring, if you're thinking about a new floor for one of your rooms in your home, if you want the look of hardwood, stone, or ceramic, remember that vinyl is actually a great choice. It's very durable, it's comfortable on your tootsies, it helps your back. We're going to tell you more about the benefits of vinyl flooring later this hour. And believe it or not, one of our founding fathers was also a pioneer in energy efficiency, and he probably didn't even realize it. We're going to teach you how to keep warm in the winter and cool in the summer with some tips from Abraham Lincoln. Are they going to say, four score and seven year ago? We're going to use them in Lincoln terminology as well, so get your encyclopedias out, folks. Plus, we're going to be giving away a prize package from Master Lock. It's a very modern prize, and everything you need to stay safe and secure in your home. It's really a great prize. It's worth 115 bucks, totally free for one caller. We're going to choose at random today, so get to the phones, folks. one Money Pit. Leslie, who's first? Listening in Ohio is Michael, who finds the show on WTOD. What can we do about your garage? Love the show, guys. We've got an unattached garage without any insulation, and we're looking for a way to heat it this winter uh, just to get garage work, car work, and stuff done. What's the best way to do that? Well, the best thing to do would be to put in a space heater that's permanently vented. Uh, If you go to uh, shops, like, for example, you often see these, for example, in in auto shops, uh, where they hang from the ceiling, yet they have a vent that goes up through the roof space and is vented to the outside. Those types of heaters are permanently installed, yet designed for a chilly space like a garage. They have a big fan that blows heat down, but they're permanently vented. You'll need to run a gas line to it, and you'll need to have the vent run up through the roof. But that's going to give you the most heat. What about just 
basic electric convection sort of space heaters that look like baseboards that you just plug in. Can you not use I, those? You know what? You can do it, but it's so darn cold in the garage. I just think that you'll be spending a lot more money on electric on electricity. Electric heat's the most expensive type. So I would put in a permanently installed one that hangs from the ceiling. And this way it'll be nice and toasty whenever you want to work in it. And you can just shut it off when you go back in the house. Yeah, I should look into one of those. It's a great idea. Love the show, guys. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Down in Virginia listens on WFHG, and you've got something going on with the shingles at your house. Are you talking roof or are you talking siding? I'm talking uh, shingles, the roof. Okay. How old is the roof currently on your house? Uh, probably about 15 years. And what are they made out of? Uh, asphalt. Okay. Do you know, is there one existing layer of shingles on your roof, or is it several layers built on top of one another? Well, it's uh, one, ex- one layer with tar paper underneath, and they're beginning to show discoloration different places. And also, there are some little particles in the gutter. Well, a little bit of discoloration is not a bad thing. And 15 that years could just old, be mold or mildew growth. Yeah, or moss growth, sure. And, and some of the uh, having the granules in the gutter, also not unusual. Do you have any other indication that the shingles are, are bad, Don? Are they curling or are they cracking or anything like that? Uh, no, sir, they're not cracking or curling either. It's just uh, the discoloration, and I notice it's on the side of the house with uh, least sun. Well, well, then that's ah, definitely moss or mildew mm-hmm. or something yep. along those lines. Generally, that grows in areas where you get a lot of moisture, and then you don't get a lot of sunshine to dry it out. So it could be that it's the north side of the house or it's under a big tree. Generally, what you want to do with that is if you feel comfortable getting up on your roof, you want to clean it with either a homemade remedy of bleach and water, put it on there. Usually it's like 20% bleach, 80% water, 30% bleach, you know, depending on how you know much you want to do. And um, really get it on there, let it sit, try to do it on a sunny day if you can, trim back any tree that's, you know, hindering sunlight on the roof let it sit there give it a good scrub with you know a stiff brush but don't be too aggressive because you don't want to damage the shingle and then that should do the trick otherwise tom likes a product called jomax which is also a cleanser and if you can get sunlight to that area you should be able to clean it well i thank you very much and i do have a tree nearby and i suppose that could be part of the problem you know don if you cut back a little bit of that tree and just try to get a little more sunlight on that roof uh, you'll find that it won't build up nearly as much. And after you get it clean, it's one more trick of the trade, and, and that is you could add a copper or a nickel ridge vent to that roof, and as the rainwater washes against that, it'll release some of its metal, and that will have, have a cleaning effect as well. Well, I, I certainly do appreciate the information. Don, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Kathy in Rhode Island listens to the Money Pit on WPRO, and what's going on at your house? Uh, I have a patio in the front of my house, uh, about 10 by 50 across. I just had it resurfaced with cement. I would say it's definitely less than an inch thick. You had an additional layer of cement put on top of this patio, Kathy? Yes. They took off the other layer that was cracked and they replaced it with this new layer. That's kind of unusual because typically you can't patch concrete. If you put uh, new cement or new mortar coat on top of that, it's going to separate, especially in the climate of uh, Rhode Rhode Island. Island. Typically, the way you're going to want to preserve it is with an epoxy patching compound that's designed to bond right to the concrete and create a very nice surface. And is that something that you would pour as a full surface? No, that's usually just for small areas, right? They have a patching compound that you can trowel on. And, and give a nice surface, but it's, a, it's sort of a, a more of a rubbery kind of material that sticks to the concrete. The problem with putting uh, new concrete or new mortar on top of old is that it never bonds the two layers, and so as moisture gets in there, it freezes and chips and cracks. 
So I'm afraid just putting a second layer on there, especially if it's only an inch thick, that's going to pop right off again, Kathy. Now, who did this? Was this a masonry contractor that did this for you? No. No, someone that supposedly works with cement. Well, Kathy, I think um, there's really not a lot you can do to preserve it, but if you put a second layer of concrete on top of this and it's only an inch thick, I can almost guarantee you it's not going to stick. So you might want to find out if that's actually what they put on. Maybe they didn't use concrete or a mortar on top of this. Maybe they used a different material. I certainly hope that that's the case. Kathy, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Charles in Ohio, what's going on at your Money Pit? Hey, hi. I uh, was trying to find out if there was a way that I could strengthen my subfloors, meaning um, I have wooden floors that have this cracking and popping. My, my house is three years old. Okay. And I was uh, wondering if I can strengthen the floor with foam insulation. What do you guys think about that? Well, I don't think foam insulation is going to strengthen the floor. What, what floor are we talking about making strong? Well, I am, uh, you know, let's say I'm down in my basement and right. I'm looking upward and I have the, um, uh, my subfloor. Right. And what I was wanting to do is uh, insulate it uh, for sound and, and strengthen it at the same time because when we walk in the uh, family room above, uh, from the basement, it uh, there's you know cracks and squeaks and so forth. You know how floor gives. And it's a three year old house. Do you what kind of floor joists do you have? Do you have solid floor joists or do you have um, floor joists that look like plywood beams? Uh, no, it's it's a solid floor joist okay. uh, with the. Uh, what is that? That compressed wood for panels on top of it. Yeah, like a wafer board or something. Yes, sir. Like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Um, in terms of making the floor stronger, insulation, foam, or, or fiberglass is not going to make the, it stronger. It will quiet it down. Uh, and as far as the insulation is concerned, do you want to keep heat in the basement area? Because that's what that's going to do. Keep heating? It's going to heat. Yeah. If you're in, is this a finished basement? Well, uh, half of it is, and the other is the unfinished side. Oh, well, then, then you can insulate the floor structure between the floor joists. I got this idea from a show on PBS uh, where this fella did this to his attic, and he was looking to uh, uh, strengthen it a little bit. And I thought, oh, what a great idea, but I really didn't want to go over my head and tackle this project on my own. I want to get with the next person. Charles, never believe what you see on home improvement TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's all make-believe. Hey, that's not true. <laughs> okay, well, this is why I'm asking. The insulation will definitely help baffle the noise and yeah. keep the basement warmer, but it's not going to add any structural integrity to the floor or the joists. All right, Charles, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. All right, need some ideas on how to sort through what's going to be on your New Year's resolution list? Maybe it's a home improvement item. Maybe you're thinking about flooring. Whatever it is, you can call us any time of day or night, 24-7. You can call us with your home repair or your home improvement question. You know that number, 1-888-MONEYPIT. So how would you like to get another two years out of your carpet's life? Up next, we're going to teach you the first step to smart carpet care. 888-MONEYPIT. Mold is in your house. Chances are, it's breeding behind your walls. In fact, it's been estimated that 70% of all homes could have mold in their wall cavities, particularly when moisture is present. Fortunately, there's an ingenious new way to fight the problem. You see, until now, drywall had paper on both sides, and mold eats paper, which is why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper-faced drywall, Dens Armor has glass mat facings on both sides, 
and no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you are building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer. I want to keep my home for as long as I can because there are a lot of memories here. I read a little bit about making my house more comfortable and wanted to make my mom's house safer too. AARP told me about making mom's bedroom door wider and taping down her floor rugs. And I added handrails to our staircases. It was all simple and inexpensive thanks to AARP's tips. Now our homes fit our lifestyles and are ready for years to come. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash universal home. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools let you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. For the home improvement enthusiast who has everything except the power to turn back time, here's a gift that will restore used tools to their former glory. The Drill Doctor 350X restores drill bits to factory sharp condition in less than a minute. The Black & Decker Handy Saw helps save precious time and effort. Think of it as grab-and-go cutting. It's lightweight and makes quick cuts into wood and metal. Because it's cordless, you can take it anywhere, even prune tree branches. Tom Kreitler, AOL Home Improvement Editor for Real Estate, says that tools might be a great go-to gift this season. For the home improvement enthusiasts in your life, nothing beats tools as a holiday gift. And the best part is that there's a tool or gadget for just about every budget. For more on practical gift ideas for any level of home improver, visit MoneyPit.com. I'm John Dridden. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Dense Armor Plus, the revolutionary paperless drywall from Georgia Pacific. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit, making good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler, and I'm Leslie Segretti. So, Tom, we're talking about carpet care. What can yeah. we do? Let's talk about carpet care now. This may seem like a simple, simple suggestion, but believe me, not enough people do it. The reason carpet <laughs> oh, no. wears is because it gets dirty. But the reason that it actually wears when it gets dirty might surprise you. It's the sand. It's the dirt. It's the grime that gets into the carpet. And then it gets every time you step, it kind of grinds into the fiber. That's right. It's like sandpaper. So if you want to extend your carpet's life, you got to vacuum it a lot, even if you don't think it needs to be vacuumed, even if you don't see, you know, pet hair or dust or dirt on the surface. You want what you want if you want to extend the light is to get those dirt particles, that sand particles, up from the carpet, which is down below, sort of at the base of the nap. That's what rubs back and forth as you walk on it and actually erodes those fibers and causes them to separate right from the carpet. So if you want to extend the carpet life, you got to vacuum it even if you don't think it needs it. All right. And there's at least one more thing that we know of that's going to shorten the life of your carpet, but we're not going to tell you what it 
is to find out what it is and how to fix it, you got to get our e-newsletter. It's free, everybody. It shows up in your inbox every Friday. We're going to have advice on prolonging the life of your carpets, plus tips to clean the most common stains from wine to pet accidents. If you're not already a subscriber, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's chock full of good advice. Sign up now at moneypit.com. And while you're there, email us what's going on in your home and we'll help you. 888-666-3974. Call us right now. One caller we choose at this hour is going to win a Master Lock gift pack worth 115 bucks. It'll keep you safe. It'll keep you secure. It's got a cargo kit, a contractor-grade padlock, and one of these very cool Night Watch deadbolts. Call us right now at one 888 Pit. Leslie, who's next? We're on our way to Delaware now. Kevin, how can we help you? Hi. I uh, had a water leak in, a mo- in a, my mobile home, and I'm wondering, as I'm taking the uh, insulation and replacing it from underneath the home, can I fill that with uh, just heavy-duty plastic, or does it need to be something breathable? So tell me where the leak is again. It was it was in the bathroom, and I've since remodeled the bathroom, and I'm getting ready to put the insulation back underneath of the trailer. Okay. And so the leak has already been corrected? Correct. All right. As long as the leak's been corrected, then you certainly can just put the insulation back in there. Okay, but I, I can I... You know, put the plastic up against underneath. Was it there originally? It was. It's like a breathable kind of thing that was on their plastic. Yeah, I think you can reassemble it in much the same way it was before you took it apart. Okay. As long as the leak has been eliminated, the problem with moisture and, and insulation is that once it gets damp, it doesn't insulate properly. So as long as that area is dry, then I think you can go ahead and put it back together the same way. Terrific. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. All the way out to Oregon now, where Chris listens on KWRO. How can we help? Hi. I like your show. Thank, <laughs> Thank you so you. much. What's so funny, Chris? Got off work, and I'm in my driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a driveway question, or how can we help you? It's a uh, house question. I All have right. um, moss on my roof, and I think I'd heard on your show quite a while back that you could use copper flashing and run it along the top or something yep. like that, mm-hmm, and the minerals yeah. in it would help reduce or eliminate the moss on the roof is that right well absolutely except you wouldn't want to use flashing you would want to use a ridge vent it could actually be copper or nickel and putting that along the ridge line will anytime it rains you'll see strips of like little strokes of cleanliness almost on your roof of where the minerals in that copper and that nickel are reacting to that moss or mildew growth and it will actually do a really good job of combating it once you clean it you know give it a good clean and then use that in addition yeah, kind of to maintain it. That'll be great. It'll keep me off my roof a little bit more often. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Chris. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Larry in New Jersey, what's on your mind? How can we help? Yes, it's about a dryer. Okay. okay. It runs. It dries the clothes, but it makes a horrible screeching sound. Do you have an owl in the dryer, Larry? <laughs> what's that? Do you have an owl, owl in the dryer? No, I caught him. <laughs> I don't know whether... I think it's not worth calling a repairman. How old is the dryer? Eight years. Yeah, it's probably not. Uh, probably uh, there's a... there's a uh, The belt around the dryer is slipping, and that's what's making that awful sound. Yeah, everybody tells me that, but to call the repairman, it's going to cost me... I'm going to give you one additional solution, Larry, and that is a website called repairclinic.com. On RepairClinic.com, you can actually diagnose and buy the replacement part 
for to solve the problem and perhaps even install it yourself. So if you want an option on do-it-yourself appliance repair, it's a real good site because they've done a great job of educating uh, their the people that go there on how to actually fix the appliances themselves. Larry, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Our next caller is from Minnesota, where you can find the Money Pit on K-A-R-L. Elaine, what's happening at your Money Pit? Well, I bought a house three years ago, and um, the bathroom is the problem. Evidently, they had used some kind of a product that you put on the walls and use a trowel and spread it around. And it's ah, very, textured very walls. Hard. Like a Venetian plaster? Yes. yes is it shiny? shiny? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. Venetian plaster. Okay, now how do I get it off? Ah, well, that's the tricky part. <laughs> it's difficult to take <laughs> off. Um, if we could make it not shiny for you, if we could suggest some ways that you could make that, um, say, have more of a patina look or a flatter look, would you be interested in that, or do you just want to get rid of the texture altogether? Well, I would prefer to get rid of the texture, but what I'm looking to do is either paint it so it looks like it's a drywall-type paint or something that would look smooth where I can paint it and looks good or or wallpaper it. Because, Leslie, I'm, well, you can't wallpaper because it's too rough, but, Leslie, I'm thinking a faux finish on, on that might look decent because the problem is trying to get rid of it is very, very difficult. You have to literally sand it off the walls or you'd have to remove and replace the walls or you'd have to put a second layer of drywall on top of that. Well, Venetian plaster isn't a heavy texture. I mean, it's a lot of material goes into it and then it's all, I mean, you should see, if you saw the process, you would be so much appreciative of the look unless you just don't like the color, you just don't like the way it is. You know, you're really sort of... It's so rustic looking. It's just not me. It is very rustic looking, but it goes on with little like six inch trowels and your hand is back and forth, back and forth, and you're just really rubbing this on. And then once it's all on there, you burnish it. You sort of wax it and make it really shiny. So it has this wonderful smooth texture to it, but it has a degree of aged areas and, you know, differences in colors and differences of sheen, um, differences in sheen as where you go along to it. I would say prime it, especially if you're not into the sort of faux finish look, prime it with an oil-based primer since it is is for the bath. This way you'll get good quality adhesion and you know it's going to stick. And then that should do the trick. If you're dealing with some rough areas, I say sand it first. Get like a medium grit or a medium fine grit sandpaper and give it a nice rub down in the areas where you see the roughness, where you sort of see the trowel marks. I know it's probably going to be a lot of places all over that bath, but once you get everything down, then prime it and then you can paint it any color you want. Well, it's a... The, some of those where they trout are pretty deep, so I'm wondering what type of sander should I use? It might be better to fill it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the bottom the bottom line here is, Elaine, the texturing is easy to is a lot easier to put on than it is to take off. And so to try to get rid of that now is a lot of labor, or sometimes it's so much labor that you're better off just recoating those walls with a thin layer of drywall and starting from scratch again. So those are pretty much your options. If you do want to recoat it, you could do that. Um, but if you want to just take some of the rough, some of the trowel marks out, you could sand it out. That's why I was trying to uh, opt for a more cosmetic option for you. But if you absolutely can't stand the look of it, you're probably better off putting a second layer of drywall on top of it. You could use quarter-inch thick drywall so it doesn't have to um, make up a lot of wall thickness, but at least give you a, a clean wall look to start with from there. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome, Elaine. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. If you're thinking about installing a new floor and you want to mimic the look and the texture of natural materials like hardwood, stone, or ceramic, vinyl flooring, believe it or not, offers you a wide array of designs and colors. The technology has changed big time, folks. Up next, we'll give you some tips to help you make the best choice. You live in a money pit. 
This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to aprilair.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. What are you doing? What are you working on? Are you the kind of person that goes to the home center just because you like to collect paint chips? <laughs> Call us, because there's probably an easier way to make those decorator selections. <laughs> yeah, you can buy a, a paint fan, which has every single one of them in there, so you don't but have to keep going fun. back. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, every time you step foot into the home improvement center, you end up buying something and then doing another project. So keep going there and keep calling us. We'll help you. Well, if your list includes a new floor, say, maybe you're in the market for some new flooring, well, our experts and our friends at the Armstrong Floor say vinyl sheet is one of the best buys in flooring compared to any other floor coverings because vinyl is very comfortable you know when you're comparing with other hard surface flooring it's easier to stand on vinyl for longer periods of time it's more forgiving on dropped glasses and anything else that might accidentally find its way to the floor plus the vinyl is cushy it's got a good cushy construction to it so it's toddler friendly and it's easier on elderly joints too so if you're standing for a long time washing a lot of dishes it's the holiday time you know you are it will really help a lot for your back so it's a good idea you know, and what I like about vinyl the most, it requires very little maintenance. It's much less than pretty much any other flooring category. It's water-resistant. Vinyl sheet doesn't absorb li liquid, so it's suitable for any room of the house, especially great for bathrooms and kitchens. doesn't have very many seams. It can accumulate dirt. It's just pretty good material. Very, very durable, very versatile, and very inexpensive. Most vinyl products also come in 6- or 12-foot-wide sheets, so it creates a very uniform-looking installation as well. If you want more tips on how to choose the right floor for your house, there is a great guide online. It's at the website for Armstrong at armstrong.com. It's called The Guide to Flooring at armstrong.com. Great advice, Tom. You know, vinyl flooring really does look quite astonishing, and it's beautiful. I've seen some really nice things, especially from the folks at Armstrong. So if you've got some questions about flooring, give us a call. 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? Mike in Maryland listening on WJFK is thinking about knocking down a wall. Let's just hope it's not a load-bearing. What can we do for you? Uh, yep, I have a, a 1950s uh, Rambler. Pretty much, uh, um, once I take the drywall off, what the um, simple indications of it being a, a load-bearing wall? Well, where's the wall that you want to take out, Mike? It's between the kitchen and the living room. Okay, open, and, open layout. and so is it parallel with the front and back walls of the house? Yes. In a 1950s ranch? Yes. Most likely it is a load-bearing wall. Yeah, is there a support pole in the basement right below where that wall would be? No basement. There's no basement? Is there a crawl space? Uh, no crawl space. Is, uh, it's on a slab. Okay. Well, chances are it is a load-bearing wall. If you go up in the attic above it, you may see that the ceiling joists crisscross over that wall, another indication that it could be load-bearing. There may be connections from the roof structure down there. Um, now, that doesn't mean that you can't take it out. It just means you have to do it very carefully. What's your What's your vision here, Mike? Do you want, like, no wall at all between the kitchen and the living room? Right. Uh, maybe a, a beam going across would be fine. Then there's two ways to do this. Um, you can do it with a girder that w would be visible, or you could do it with something called a flush girder. In either case, the way it's basically done is you build a temporary wall on either side of the wall you're going to disassemble that will be temporarily holding up the house while you take that wall apart. 
and then you're dis you're disassembling that load bearing wall. And if you're going to do a girder, that would actually be easier because basically you would be putting a girder up there and then supporting it on the ends, and you would see the girder, so you'd actually have that break. Or you could do a flush girder, and if it's a flush girder, it's a lot more work, but it looks nicer. It's actually cut up in flush with the ceiling joist and then supported that way, so that you have a continuously flat ceiling. But, but if I would you go say, with an exposed girder, you can then cover it with some salvaged wood or make it look like it's an exposed wood beam and then sort of mimic those across the rest of your ceiling. Yeah, but Mike, by virtue of the fact that you're asking this, how we can tell if this is a load-bearing beam or not, I would suspect that this is probably not a project you should do yourself if you don't have that level of experience because it could be a very costly mistake if you do it in the wrong order or, you know, miss an understanding of how the home is put together. So you might want to consider just getting a little bit of help with that part of the job and do the rest yourself. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Well, winter has only just officially begun a few weeks ago, but we know most of you listening right now are concerned about saving money on your heating bills this winter. You know they're going to be pricey, even though the cost of, of fuel is down quite a bit. Well, one of our founding fathers was a pioneer in energy efficiency, and he probably didn't even realize it. So you want to know who it is? Well, we're going to tell you. Find out how Abraham Lincoln saved energy after this. Money pit. Table saw. <laughs> 18-volt drill driver. Eight-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. Is dryness a problem in your home? Especially in winter months, dry air can make skin itchy. Make your throat and nose dry. I can't talk! And don't forget about static shock. It also causes walls, hardwood floors, and home furnishings to become dry and cracked. Put an end to dry air problems with an April Air Automatic Humidifier, the best cure for indoor air dryness. Never too dry, never too moist. Just the optimum amount of humidity based on outdoor temperatures. Protect your health, your comfort, and your furnishings by putting an end to dry air with whole home humidification from April Air. Now doesn't that feel better? <sighs> April Air. Fresh ideas for indoor air. So AARP has a series of tips for homeowners who want to improve their homes, make them safer and more comfortable. And I found these tips on their website, aarp.org slash universal home. In the bathroom alone, I widened the door, installed brighter light bulbs, and put non-slip surfacing on the floor tiles. Instead of wishing my house had improvements, I'm making them. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash universal home. If tools are the way to your honey's heart, the trend this holiday is space-saving and multifunctionality. Anyone who hates clutter will appreciate the Imix Multi-Tool. This bionic wrench features 34 full-size tools in a compact package. And the Portamate PM7000 Miter Saw Work Center takes multifunctionality to the next level. A quick-release feature allows for the interchangeability of all types of power tools. AOL Home Improvement Editor for Real Estate and co-host of The Money Pit, Tom Kreitler, says there are some great gifts out there for the Mr. or Ms. Fix-It in your life. 
Home improvement gifts are some of the season's most popular. And from the workshop to the kitchen, there's something for everyone on your list. Crankler says that kitchen cleanup might get easier this holiday season if you consider the new Insincorator Evolution XL food waste disposer. It grinds the tough stuff but is quieter than other disposers. Visit MoneyPit.com for more. I'm John Dridden. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, if you're thinking about building a house, you might want to learn a tip or two from uh, old President Abe Lincoln. Because guess what? He was a pioneer in energy efficiency, even though he didn't know it. You know why? Because he built log homes. And log homes score big in our value, a factor in calculating energy efficiency. Log walls actually contain millions of tiny air pockets, which store cool air in the summer and warm air in the winter, which make them very, very energy efficient. And I love the variety of log homes that are available today. I mean, they have become a lot different from the log cabin days. Oh my gosh, they are absolutely so beautiful. A good friend of mine, her parents live in Big Bear in California, Mm -hmm. and they had a log home built from scratch. And this place is enormous, beautiful, warm, and cozy. And it really has a wonderful look, both inside and out. And it can suit any sort of design style. So if you're building from scratch, it's a good option. Check it out. And you know, we've got other good options this hour. We've got free options, free prizes. You know, we like to giveaway gifts. So one caller we're going to choose at random this hour is going to win a Master Lock gift pack. It's worth $115. It's got a lot of different locks in there. Luggage locks, cargo locks, plus a really cool night watch deadbolt for your home. Call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit if you'd like to win that. The Master Lock night watch deadbolt is the only deadbolt that's designed to prevent an intruder from entering your home, even if they have your own key. It takes only about 15 minutes to put it in. So if you want to qualify, call us right now at eight 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 Money Pit. Leslie, who's next? Matt in Illinois is on the line, and he listens on WYLL. What's going on with your sink? Well, I have a double sink in my kitchen, and on the right-hand side, I have one of those sprayers on a hose. Okay. You pull out, and you can spray in the sink. The flipper portion on, you know, the, for the thumb that you use to actually spray has broken off, and I also have a pinhole leak in the hose. And my question was, do I try to cut below the pinhole leak and replace it that way, or do I just replace the entire assembly under the sink? No, you replace the entire assembly. Yeah, replace that whole sprayer. It's going to be easier and less expensive, I imagine. Yeah, you can buy a new sprayer. And now you can either buy a generic one. If you go to a home center or a hardware store, they're probably going to have one that's uh, uh, silver or sort of like a brushed nickel kind of look that sort of looks okay with either brass or chrome um, faucets. Or um, you can order one from the manufacturer if you know exactly what model faucet you have. But you're probably going to want to replace the whole thing. And it's a very, actually, easy thing to do. You just The hardest part is getting the stuff out of your sink, getting up under there. But it basically is going to unscrew from the uh, bottom of the faucet inside the cabinet. And then you just replace it. Do you need to turn the water off before you attempt this? No, it would be a good idea. Unless you'd be <laughs> taking a shower while you do it. Yeah, it did flood the first time I noticed it. So, yeah, I, I think I would remember to do that. Okay, great. Easy to do, Matt. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. I'm the filter. I want to ask the stupid questions so you feel confident. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Everybody has a job on this show. You see the way that works? <laughs> All right, who's next? Now we're going to Pennsylvania and talking to Mike. What can we do for you? Well, I'd like to install a laundry chute. I have a uh, 
single-story brick ranch house, and I want to put a laundry chute in the closet. I'd like to build the top of it about waist high, uh, and I'd like to know uh, what's the best way to do that uh, and what I could line that with so that the clothes don't snag as they're going through. Have you thought about maybe moving the washer and dryer up to the main floor? I have, but that's not going to be possible with the arrangement of the bedrooms and all the kids. So you want to construct a laundry chute and you want to line it. Usually the best laundry chutes are lined with metal. And what you could do, Mike, is you could um, contact an HVAC contractor after you have the chute constructed. And you can have them make a metal duct that basically lines it, starts from the you know the entrance right down to the bottom of the chute. That would be a nice, easy way to do it. Or if you can actually fit in there as you're doing this, you could also line it with wood. But then, as you say, um, the risk is that you'll have some splinters or some nails or some fasteners. If you used a um, a very good glossy paint surface on it, that would minimize that. But those would probably be your options. How long is the chute going to be altogether? Uh, three, four feet. Tell you what, you might just want to have a duck made for that. I hadn't even thought of that. That kind of light bulb went on in my head. <laughs> right that. That's what we do. That was us. We were pulling the switch. Thank you very much for your help. <laughs> All right, Mike. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Gosh, that would be the funnest thing, just to chuck your clothes down and have them waiting for you in the laundry room. But then you No, the funnest thing would be to chuck there. your clothes down and have them just come back up, cleaned and pressed. That would <laughs> already be the back thing. in your drawer. That would yeah, be already back in your drawer. Now, if I had one of those when I was a kid, I'd be like, hmm, how would I slide down here? (laughs) Morgan in Maryland is listening in on WJFK Free FM. What's going on at your house, and how can we help? Well, I've got a bit of a leak behind the wall, and I'm trying to figure out where it is before I pull out the entire kitchen counter and sink. But it's not generating from the sink or below the sink. It's in the wall. And is it leaking all the time, or does it only leak sometimes? Uh, only sometimes, and I don't know if it's a waistline. Uh, I'm assuming it's not a feed line, but it's probably a waistline, although it's hard to tell because it's not substantial enough. So where are you seeing the leak? Um, I have evidence of a uh, leak at the, ba- at the base of the kitchen counter and above it, and discoloration of the wallpaper around the window above the, above the sink. So it's got to be generating from slightly above the window line. Well, it sounds to me like it might be a leak in the window then. Why do you think it's a plumbing leak? It's far enough away from the window. It's on nearly two feet away from the window. So, and it would be, it would have to be a, a leak directly across, which wouldn't, you know, I'm not fairly certain it's a, it's a waistline or a, or a feed line. Let me ask you this, Morgan. Have you um, taken a look at the vent pipe in the roof? Is the vent pipe in the roof above the kitchen? Uh, actually, there there is one directly above that. That goes up, uh, but it's too high for me to go up. I'd have to have a professional go up on the roof. to. Okay, that's where I would start. That's where I would start. Chances are it could simply be the flashing around the vent pipe itself. Okay. Because there's a little boot, like a rubber boot, sort of like a gasket that goes on top of that pipe and under the shingles. And very often that will crack and dry out. It actually happens fairly frequently. And if that gasket is not working properly, you can get water that's going running down, sort of hugging the pipe, and then leaking out into the wall where you're seeing it. Now, this is an older home. It's about 60 years old, and so the walls are pretty substantial. Is there any way, is there any sort of device that detects water that, that can give me sort of a, a somewhat of a view before I do the, uh, the, the cleanup of, and repair? 
Yes, it's called a moisture meter, and there's two types of moisture meter. There's destructive and non-destructive, and, and the difference is destructive isn't really that destructive. It just has sort of like two pins that sort of stick in the wall and measure the moisture in the wall, or non-destructive sort of shoots a, a wave through the wall and, and, and determines it that way. Um, a home inspector is the kind of professional that would have those tools handy, and that's another option for you is to call a home inspector in to do a leak investigation, and perhaps with that person person's skills and their specialized tools that could narrow this down. But it may not be that complicated. If there's a vent pipe right above this and you have a leak, it's very, very common for that to be the source. So I would start with that. Perhaps you can get someone to check that roof for you. And if that doesn't work out, you could call a home inspector in. Great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. To find one in your, in your area, there's a website for the American Society of Home Inspectors. It's a not-for-profit professional society. It's at ASHI, A-S-H-I. H-I, yeah, I've actually been there. Yeah, great. Use that. Put in your zip code. You'll find a list of folks in your area. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. So if you're standing around in the yard of your home and you look up and don't like what you see, you might be thinking about the need to replace your roof. And there are lots of options out there, including wood roofs. Is it a good thing? Is a wood roof a bad thing? We're going to sort out the differences next. You live in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Dense Armor Plus, the revolutionary paperless drywall from Georgia Pacific. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where you can call in your home improvement question 24-7-365 to one money pit We are always in the studio. There's no voicemail on this program. You will always talk to a live, friendly, responsible representative of this program who will be more than happy to take your call. And guess what? If we're not in the studio, we will call you back the next time we are. So if you don't want to call, though, you could always email us 24-7 to helpmeatmoneypit.com. So, Leslie, let's jump into the email bag. All right. We've got one here from Sarah in Middlebrook, Virginia, who writes, What is your opinion of fire-retardant wood shakes? We're planning on replacing our rotted wood shakes with this kind. What do you think? Well... I really don't really like wood roofs. Um, wood roofs are very attractive, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but aren't wood shakes also used for siding? Well, yeah, but they take a lot less abuse on the side of your house compared to the roof of your house. I mean, if you do a wood roof, it's going to cost you probably two to three times as much as an asphalt shingle roof, and it's not going to last you nearly as long. Uh, and especially today, most of the wood roofs are not put on correctly. In other words, they don't have enough air space in there, so they don't dry out. They so they rot, rot out quickly. a lot quicker. Yeah. So I would say if you absolutely have to have a wood roof, you just can't do without it, certainly you would want a fire-resistant wood roof. You know, But the better option, I think, are the dimensional asphalt shingles today. The dimensional shingles can actually look like a wood shake, or they can look like a wood shingle, or they can look like terracotta or clay tile. And they actually will last you there 25. There are some really good-looking ones also. Yeah, there are. Because, you know, riding my bike around town, you'll notice a beautiful roof and think, wow, that slate, that looks fantastic. Yeah, and they and fix then, you out. You know, right? stop and take a better look at exactly. it. And even if you go with a dimensional shingle that looks like slate, there are so many different colorations that you really get a lot of choices. So it's a good option. All right, let's take a question now from uh, from Cindy. She writes us and says, my husband and I live in this old brick home that was built in 1950. I love the house, but boy, do we have a lot of fixing up to do and very little cash. 
In my kitchen, I have pine cabinets, which are fine, but the countertop is not. We can't afford a new one. Do you have a trick of the trade for me that can give it a whole new look? Yeah, you know, with an existing countertop, as long as your the laminate or whatever it is that's on that countertop is in good shape, you can tile right over it. And there are so many different tile choices. If you go with a smaller tile, like a one-inch square or a three-quarter inch square, those are usually on a mesh backing. So you don't have to worry about getting a tile saw to cut those tiles to fit. And it's already got a nice surface. Just make sure you scuff up that laminate so you give something for that adhesive to stick to a little bit better than that super slick laminate. Yeah, good point. And you know, if you want to replace the laminate, you can actually put a second layer of laminate on top of the old laminate. I actually did that and re-laminated a a Formica countertop, and it really came out terrific. Yeah, just be careful, because when you put that adhesive, that contact cement on there, once you get that new laminate on, it sticks, so line it up well. There's a reason it's called contact cement. (laughs) (laughs) Line it up well. Well, if you needed help, could the right people find your house? Up next, Leslie's going to help you put your house on the map with today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. You know, a lot of homes have very small numbers marking what the number of the house is. Some are written so small, and some of the houses are so not well lit that you really can't see the house number, and you don't know where you're going. So what you want to do is make sure you place very large numbers on your home or on your mailbox. And this is just so that police or other emergency vehicles can locate your home quickly. You know, that's when you need somebody to find it fast, not when the pizza guy's coming, although that is helpful. If you've got a long driveway or your entrance is kind of obscure, be sure your address is in plain view and very, very well lit. Some of the communities around the United States even offer to spray paint your house number on the curb near your home with a reflective paint. Look into your town, see if they'll do it for you. Look into your homeowners association, find out, get it done. Because when you need it, you want to make sure people know where you live. Good advice. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week, we're going to tell you about a major fire hazard that many of you have in your home right now, and you might not know it. When we get done telling you about the problems with clothes dryer fires, you may never look at your clothes dryer the same again. That's next week on the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Baby, baby, baby.